1: Hey there. Hello. Welcome to The Hash on CoinDesk TV. I'm Zach Seward. That's Jen Sinassi. Will Foxley over there. We're going to get you up to speed on all that's going on in the world of crypto, including some major developments in the case against Sam Bankman Freed. Jen, take us there. What's going on?
2: All right. So former Alameda Research CEO, Caroline Ellison, and FTX co-founder Gary Wang have both pled guilty to charges associated with FTX's collapse. The SEC and CFTC have also announced charges against the two, saying that Allison manipulated the price of the FTT token. U.S. Attorney Damian Williams says both are cooperating with investigators. Former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried was charged with eight crimes earlier this month. We've discussed those at length. They include money laundering, wire fraud, and securities fraud. He is being extradited from the Bahamas to the U.S., and is in FBI custody. Zach, a lot to unpack here. What do you got?
1: So much to unpack. Kids, if you're ever in a criminal conspiracy involving $10 billion that are vaporized, especially from customers, snitch as fast as possible. That's the story here. Everyone associated with FTX and Alameda Turned snitch on Sam Bankman-Fried, and they're probably going (laughs) to have a much more comfortable life because of it while their former colleague rots in a prison cell somewhere for a long time. That, for me, is the takeaway. Looking at some of this stuff, it's pretty wild. Uh, Bankman-Fried was flown in from the Bahamas into the New York area last night. A lot of people were closely watching flight trackers on the internet to see where he was headed. Apparently, he touched down over in Westchester and is making his first appearance in New York in court today for a presentment. Uh, that initiates the legal proceedings here in the U.S. after some complicated back and forth over whether or not he was going to make his way over here from the Bahamas. So that's uh, what people are watching. I know Coindesk has a reporter on the ground at the courthouse in the Southern District of New York. So we're going watch to watch that for updates later today. And yeah, I don't know. Caroline and uh, you know the co-founder, um, they may have found themselves a pretty sweet deal. I don't know. Will, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think they found themselves a really good deal, right? Like, If you look at the charges they possibly were going to have, I think it was like 250 years for Caroline, and it was like 50 years for Gary if they uh, were just charged for what they're doing in the first place. They went to the different administrations, the DOJ, and they're getting off the hook more or less. So Caroline Ellison is looking at getting some fines slapped on her, disgorgement for any ill-gotten gains, and then also she's not going to be able to trade anything on behalf of other people only on behalf of herself. There's some redacted parts of this as well. So maybe there's further charges. But for what I see right now, it doesn't look like there's a prison time in the plea deal that either of them signed in order to turn on SBF. which to me looks like the DOJ is really playing hard on one character. And we've seen this in the past of crypto history, right? If we go back in the history books, we see that typically what the DOJ does is they slap hard down on one-figure I think the book is coming down in SBF. I don't know what the charges are going to end up being in terms of like sentencing. But we do know the charges in terms of like the character of them, right? Wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, conspiracy to defraud people. I uh, SEC uh, securities violations, CFTC commodities violations. This is going to be a hefty prison sentence, possibly life, uh, a few life sentences. We don't really know yet, but this is going to be hefty. And it's wild to see that Caroline and Gary, who were part of this, right? There were the defendants in this named over and over again. They're going to get off more or less okay from what we see right now, even though they were doing this on behalf of SPF, right? They coded in the back end the ability to trade money and not be liquidated. Caroline was dumping FTT and manipulating the price on behalf of SPF. So I, I think there's. it's a little interesting to see if they got off so easily based on that. Zach, give it back to you. Yeah,
1: I mean, those details you just shared are from the SEC complaint, like some details that lay out, you know, these people were intimately involved in something that ultimately ended up, you know, being a criminal conspiracy. So I think you can also mention, you know, Ryan Salami, who was kind of early to sound the alarm, notifying uh, authorities in the Bahamas that something was awry. That was before uh, the bankruptcy initially was initiated. Uh, so there's definitely this cast of characters that we're learning more about. Um, it's not just SBF here. And we're going to hear more from Gary Wong, from Caroline Ellison essentially from salami at some point. So obviously this involves sort of a, um, not just one person, but obviously I think you're right, Will, that the figurehead is going to be the person who's ding the hardest in terms of the legal proceedings against this outright fraud. Um, yeah, this story isn't going away anytime soon. Again, maybe this is, maybe this is the, we, we talked about the season finale, right? The address was the season finale. Maybe this is the beginning of season two. And let's see if the sophomore season can, uh, can also bring some, uh, some intrigue. Jen, what do you think?
2: Well, first, I want to say, Will, if we decide to commit a crime with everyone on the hash, we need to exclude Zach because he's going to snitch on us and mm-hmm. we're going to end up mm-hmm. in jail. So, Zach, you are out of any, All any, right. any, any part
0: of your crimes, lady. You're supposed to protect us. You're supposed to be on the outside of this, supposed Jen. To
2: protect, well, that's my, my first protection. <laughs> Zach's out.
0: <laughs> okay, prisoner's just, dilemma. He ain't
1: getting me. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I want to remind our audience of Caroline Ellison's attorney. So Stephanie Avakian is representing Caroline Ellison. She's the former director of the SEC's Division of Enforcement. I think that this is how Caroline was able to get such a good deal. I think if you know the inner workings of the SEC, possibly still have personal relationships there, this lawyer was able to negotiate um, some of the ongoings that we're going to see. The article also mentioned that those tweets That Caroline published when um, CZ was questioning the value of FTT, saying he was going to sell tokens. When Caroline said, "You know what? I'll buy those back from you for twenty-two dollars." This, the allegations are that that was at Sam Bankman-Fried's request. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out. uh, How Sam was trying to pull the strings behind the scenes, and ultimately, I think that this PR tour he's been going on is going to really. Hurt the case, and we're going to see that play out. Will?
0: Last thoughts on this. Sam looks rough coming out of that prison, right? Unshaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, you had a tweet this morning of shoelaces, which is for obvious reasons being in a prison, but just like he looks rough right now. The man is being flown back, two beefy FBI guys holding on to him. This is not the SPF that we're used to, the FBF, SBF that was on stage with Tom Brady and Bill Clinton not even nine months ago. Shocking turn events, and I do. Like to see these pictures because I think it really puts everything into perspective. Zach, to you. Perp walks for days.
1: Perp walks for days. Anyway, that's it. Let's change gears. Let's go to DeFi. Everybody's talking about DeFi in the wake of all these CFI collapses. DeFi maybe stands to benefit from some of misdeeds that uh, some centralized crypto companies have been caught doing. That all sort of is undergirded by the process of governance, which is sort of a boring long word. But when you really look into it, this is what these, this, these human coordination mechanisms known as DAOs are really all about, right? How do you collectivize action online? How do you make it so that uh, stakeholders can express themselves in ways that uh, are in accordance with maybe their investment in the project, right? So Uniswap, which is a big DeFi exchange, is looking to make DAO governance a bit more easy, right? They're trying to make the process of voting on protocol changes a bit less frictionful. And I think we've seen to date that voter engagement and participation in some of these votes has been rather low because of some of those obstacles. I'm just asking this for, to Jen for her thoughts. Uniswap, obviously, big time DeFi, uh, DeFi flag bearer. Interesting to see that they're trying to uh, you know, make the governance process a bit easier with a few uh, less burdensome steps along the way. What's, what's your takeaway on this one about Uniswap?
2: Yeah, I don't think that there is a DAO out there that has figured out governance yet. I think when we get into the next bull, bull cycle, we're going to see a lot of different tools that are being developed now come to to life that are going to help make the governance process a little bit easier. But I think what they're doing is smart. So they're removing the first off chain snapshot vote. Previously, they had two, and they're saying this is the user experience is kind of weird here. So the first thing that they're going to allow the community to do is comment on the proposal and then change this to just one vote. And then I think the second thing that's going to happen in this governance change is that they are going to make the requirements to pass a proposal, I think 10 million uni when it was previously five. So that's going to be more representative of the community. I think this is smart. I think it is one step in the right direction. When we look at DAOs, there are so many issues but the first thing that a DAO needs is a community and you need that community to be engaged. I think that a lot of the DAOs out there have figured that out. And so now we're moving on to governance. How can we incentivize communities to actually participate in those proposals, to actually run these organizations? Because right now they are very much like hierarchical organizations and typical companies where there's like a handful of people who are making decisions. So I think these are two steps in the right, in the right direction, but we can expect to see a lot of changes with governance, um, I think, over the next few years. Will, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I just want to echo what you said and add some context to the whole story as well. Uh, DAOs are really messy, and they are not fixed yet. Even the most important, most famous DAO was a catastrophe itself. and In many ways, it's only on slightly better, a, l- a little bit less of loss of funds, but definitely like some more issues on the governance sides to be figured out. For Uniswap, as one of the largest ecosystems out there, a lot of people use Uniswap, a lot of people plug into the Uniswap platform. So it's DAO is necessarily very important. Like, how do you want to govern this very large decentralized exchange? People have turned to the UNI token, which allows you to cast votes on behalf of any code changes you want to UNI. Uh, but that hasn't quite been enough. And the first structure for Uniswap for its DAO was pretty bad. A lot of critiques against it, a lot of critiques against it. Uh, The Uniswap Labs team for how they built it against Paradigm for being involved with it for any sort of VC holder who had like an allocation of uni. Basically, people thought it was unfair how it was designed. Uniswap Foundation came in earlier this year with the goal of fixing a lot of these things. And this seems to be one of the first steps along that road to fix how the DAO works for Uniswap. Uh, Hopefully, this is something that does address the problems because these problems are necessarily hard to figure out in the first place, let alone implement a change toward. But this one does look pretty promising, right? The ability to vote off chain and then later make some decisions on chain using uni. It seems to be there looks like a little bit more fair allocations in terms of voting. Because the economic weighting here does really matter a lot, right? So if you have a huge person with a lot of uni token, they can just sway a vote however they want and all of a sudden they get to benefit from it. The average Uniswap voter doesn't have a lot of uni, but still using the platform. Well, we like to think that they have an ability to make a decision uh, for the Uniswap community that benefits others and that's not always the case. It's hard to make these things work, but that seems to be a step in the right direction. Zach, I'll boot it back, boot it back over to you.
1: Yeah, I think was sort of that bigger picture, right? Sort of uh, making DAOs not, was it plutocracy? Was that where like, you know, the rich uh, have uh, oversized like sway on what happens? Um, you know, the flip side of that coin is that like, you know, you gotta, you gotta be civil resistant too, right? You can't just be one person who's spinning up a ton of accounts uh, pseudonymously and casting votes to manipulate the system in that way, right? So there's definitely all these trade-offs, I think, when it comes down to making sure that you know, the voice of the people is represented accurately. Um, crypto loves skin in the game as sort of a, a framework for understanding who gets to vote on the future of these protocols. So find, finding a way for me to, to like make like skin in the game work with something that's more egalitarian, egalitarian in nature, so it's not just giant bag holders who are dictating how these things work and who, who stands to benefit with any partic- particular uh, protocol changes. I think that's like a really important thing that's going to be hopefully unfolding uh, over the next few years in the DeFi space as um, you know, the people who are here to stay uh, can hopefully fine tune it such that when people come in to use it, say a few years from now, um, those people who are new to these systems will also have the ability to participate in what should be a more user-owned internet, right? That's the whole idea behind Web3, user-owned internet, something that uh, I think a lot of people have been championing over these past few years. But anyway, we'll see. This is a step in the right right direction, a small step, um, but maybe some of these bigger changes will also come soon. That's it for the first half of the show. We're going to take a break. Um, On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about Twitter. You may have heard about it. Elon Musk, that guy. We're not going to talk about the Mm -hmm. Elon Musk drama. We're going to talk about a small (laughs) product update and what it's really all about. That's what we're going to do on The Hash. So stick with us. Have a nice break. We'll see you soon.
0: Times are tough, particularly
1: for crypto, but Bitstamp's different. Bitstamp is the longest-running crypto exchange and among the most regulated in the world, which includes a bit license in New York and a payment institution license in Europe. And when it comes to your funds, with Bitstamp, your crypto belongs to you. All your fiat and crypto are kept 100% separated. It's why CryptoCompare ranked Bitstamp the number one crypto exchange, awarding them the highest possible AA rating. Learn more at bitstamp.net.
0: Hey, Will Foxley here, co-host of The Hash. One thing we can take away from everything going on in crypto right now is that it's important to go deep and verify. Crypto Twitter is great, but 280 characters can only go so far. One podcast we love is Galaxy Brains. Here's the host, Alex Thorne, head of research at Galaxy Digital. Thanks, Will. For in depth takes and probing analysis on topics,
1: trends, and events across the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency ecosystem, check out Galaxy Brains, our weekly podcast.
0: Find Galaxy Brains on your favorite podcast app and on galaxy.com forward slash research, presented to you by one of the most trusted teams in the industry. Welcome back to the Hash. Tesla might be down 69% from its all time high, but that's not stopping Elon Musk from adding new features to Twitter. You can now search and post different charts for major stocks and crypto coins on twitter.com. Pretty handy feature. I think this makes sense, right? Twitter is the conversation place for all things finance. Fintwit, as they say. And so why not add a little bit more functionality into the platform? You can make fun of your friends in live time as all their stocks and crypto coins go into the dustbin. (laughs) Zach, throw it over to you for your take on the story. That was a nice intro, Will.
1: Thanks for doing that. I did some crack research during the break. There's not a lot of coins in here, people. This is a stonk thing. This is a stonk thing only. The only coins that I could find were Bitcoin and Ethereum. I couldn't find SHIB. I couldn't find XRP. I couldn't find ADA. And I couldn't find Dogecoin. What the hell? I thought Elon Musk loved Dogecoin. I can't find Doge on Mm -hmm. Twitter.com. I thought this guy was calling all the shots. And there's no Doge ticker supported. So for now, it's BTC and ETH, and I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, Jen, what do you got?
2: Well, I, it's supposed to show crypto and stock prices, right? And I was reading an article by TechCrunch this morning and they pointed out that there's no Airbnb and Zoom. And so I also did some research and there are a bunch of stocks that are not on there. So what is on here? And also the chart is static. So when is the data getting pulled Ooh. from? I feel like this maybe is like V1. Maybe it's V1, maybe it's gonna mm. get better. I hope it does get better for the sake of Fintwit. But I just want to say, I thought Elon wasn't going to be the CEO anymore. I know we, weren't, we said we weren't going to talk about the drama, but I want to talk about the drama. When is Elon stepping down as CEO? The people have spoken. Maybe this would be better if, if he just would make that change. I don't know. Will, what do you think?
0: I'm kind of impressed with you guys' desires for more stock information on Twitter. I mean, okay, from the product announcement itself, we have information. So what's to go to that? It says that it's live from TradingView. So TradingView is a pretty popular application for just looking at stock information. I think they're just pulling that data over. And I guess it's not completely functional right now. And why? Well, probably because TradingView doesn't want everything to be on Twitter. They want you to come over to their application. So I doubt they have everything out there. They're not going to have your hot dog coin. They're not going to necessarily have ADA yet. They're not going to have even a lot of these crypto tokens yet, but hopefully in the future they do. And I bet Doge and Shiba are on there next week. We'll put a bet on that. I bet next week we have some more for the Elon stuff. He says he's looking for a CEO. Okay. You can't just pick one overnight, Jen, right? So if, if he left and departed, what would happen to that San Francisco penthouse with all the Twitter engineers working their asses off? We don't know. Okay. So he's got to, he's got to stay on top of them. And then we can get a new CEO. Zach, over to you. Will is spitting bars today, man. Will's on
1: Will's fire. Will's so sassy right. lately. Yeah, you can actually view some of these things on Robinhood. So maybe like a nice little Robinhood integration going on here. Like I'm, going, I'm looking at the ETH page right now and it says view on Robinhood and I can go see it on Robinhood. So interesting, interesting little in- integration there with the Web2 people. Good to see that happening. Um, does, does, wait, does Elon have a hood, hood interest? Is there something going on there? Or no, that was FTX. Mm-hmm. That was Sam, right? That Sam was Sam bankman had a hood Sam interest. A yeah. a hood
2: interest? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. I Haven't heard anything. Well, about okay.
1: Well, I don't know what the Robinhood Twitter tie-up is, but that's interesting. Interesting that uh, they're sending business that way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got nothing more on this one. <laughs> I'm waiting till Doge, ADA, all that stuff is on there. Hot Dog Coin, how dare you insult Hot Dog Coin, sir? Will. Hot dog coin I'm army. a friend of the hot dog
0: coin Get this man. Okay, I Get have most
2: been, been, I feel like mm-hmm. you can't be a fan gluten-free. of the hot dog coin community you could, if you're hey, gluten free.
0: Yeah, you can have hot, hot dog notes on Jen 2023 almost. Okay, you have street street to be hot dog. yeah, nothing wrong with that. We around. have stock Twitter information now live <laughs> when you're <laughs> going type into twitter.com. Okay, there's technology out there. Okay, speaking of technology, let's move over. To a new Bitcoin mining function that you can put right in your living room. Okay, we have this new application, which allows you to mine Bitcoin from the comfort of your home and warm your house at the same time. This little gadget, look at that. Nice little couple, lovely on the couch. And they have Bitcoin (laughs) right in their house and they're getting all warmed up, which is great timing because this winter storm is here. And I don't know about you guys, but it's about negative 20 degrees outside my house right now. And I wish I had this thing because I'd be earning some SATs and be really warm in my house, which is currently freezing. Jen, you going to buy this product?
2: Okay, I'm also freezing, and the winter storm is making its way to Toronto. It's supposed to be like the winter storm of our generation. I (laughs) I was going to say our generation. I don't know. The biggest winter storm in a really, really long time. And so, yeah, why not heat up my room, earn some Bitcoin? I had a question for you, though, as our mining expert. This thing costs $1,200 and it says it's gonna heat up the room you're in, right? It's like a space heater. Is this worth it? How much Bitcoin am I getting for heating my office while I do the hash? Tell me, Will, do you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so I will give some disclosures. I do work for a mining company, and if they saw me on this knock on it, they might be like, wow, that's that's really bad taste. But there (laughs) is some history here we need to be aware of, and I will bring it to you guys. Back in 2019, we had the same product go live and it was shielded by none other than Anthony Pompliano. Okay. And guess what? That product cost about $700. It was all over Twitter. People were talking about it. Hey, I can mine Bitcoin for my house and warm my house at the same time. That is a win-win if I've ever heard of one. Guess what? It was not a win-win. That company went under during the bear market because these things just don't really make sense. Okay, They're really expensive typically using recycled parts and then they sell for a high markup and you can't really earn any money from it at this point bitcoin mining is really industrialized and this thing is supposed to plug into your house and warm it up and maybe earn some sats. but it doesn't really happen okay this is basically like a gimmick at the end of the day it's a cool idea it is a cool idea but it's not really worth 1200 dollars. i hate to say it zach you gotta buy it though. someone's gotta buy it yeah. on the show
1: spit in fire spit in fire my friend you are out here just oh spicy love it no this is funny this is not new this has been around i also want to shout out naomi brockwell former hash uh, co-host mm-hmm. she would often up in the cold cold new hampshire she would have a little mining machine under her desk that would provide some heat just a good old-fashioned way none of this like mm-hmm. fancy doohickey with the people reading books and like looking cool, no, no, just a janky old miner that cast off heat as it sounded like a Mack truck computer when your thing gets hot, like that, like that. All right, that's it. Must be a slow news day. We're talking about this thing, and we're gonna wrap the show it's on that note. It is a cold news day. Tomorrow we will be back, and we hope you are out there, hopefully getting a start on your Christmas celebrations as we approach holiday time here at the end of the year. Good times. That's it for the show today. I'm Zach. There's Will. There's Jen. We'll be back tomorrow. We wish you well. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash. Or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.